0: Coming to you from the shadow of America's mountain, Rocky Mountain Revival Radio presents Waymaker Ministries.
1: Welcome to Waymaker Ministries. I'm your host, Ethan. We have some growth and change since our last episode. I want to welcome a new co-host to the show. If you've been watching the Rocky Mountain Revival Ministry moments, you may be familiar with her. Please welcome to the show, Lily Phillips. Lily, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. How are you doing, Nathan? Good. That's um, amazing. Also- yeah. Um, also with us today is the host of Rocky Mountain Revival Radio, my dad. Um, so please help me welcome him. Woo-hoo. Hi. That-,
0: <laughs> hey, that was a very <laughs> warm welcome. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah. Dad, horrible. how are you doing today?
0: <laughs> I am doing great. Thank you very much. How are- you guys are both doing well, I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Great Great to be on the second episode of Waymaker Ministries. This has been a long time coming. So, happy new year to the Waymaker family, for sure.
2: And happy new years to you.
1: (laughs) All right. Before we get into today's show, I just want to get a few housekeeping items out of the way. Check out the show's website waymaker.rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. There is a contact us form to submit feedback, comments, suggestions, or to be a guest or recommend a guest on the show. If you need prayer, there are two ways for us to partner with you in prayer. The first way that you can do that is the prayer request form on the website. We would love to stand in prayer for you and with you. The second way that you can do that is write us at prayer at waymaker.rm. Yeah, rr.live. dot live. Please like and subscribe to the YouTube page. We can also be found on all your favorite podcast sites. You can also find a listing of those on the Waymaker website under the show archive list. Follow us on Facebook for additional content and information. All right. We have another amazing show for you today. And today's episode is titled Lily's Testimony. But before we jump into today's topic, uh, my dad will has a few commercials.
0: <laughs> commercial. I'm so glad that I could be here to do the commercials for you. Um, so the first commercial we're going to bring to you guys is um, Holy Rebel. So Pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall from Radiant Church wrote a book. Let's see if we can get it on the screen. Probably not. Maybe. If nothing else, I'll drop a uh, picture of the book. Um, into the show during post-production. Um, this book is definitely Holy Spirit anointed and full of all kinds of information. Um, all the reviews are saying this is a book for our time, our generation. This is a must-read. The foreword of the book was done by Mario Murillo and some of our other uh, friends uh, to the church, Eric Metaxas and Lou Engel, amongst, uh, amongst that list. Uh, Next, we have Redemption Squad Ministries. Uh, Zach and Melissa are just bringing the fire to this ministry. Uh, This outreach is doing amazing things for the, I don't know, what we call them, the the rougher areas of town. uh, Trying to bring food and, you know, ministering about God. They're also working on a building Uh, that they want to acquire so that they can actually start doing some classes, some trainings. Um, Eventually, they'll be doing some housing to help people get back on their feet and get a new lease on life. Uh, Matter of fact, I know later on this month, I want to say the 21st or so I think, somewhere in there, um, there is going to be another outreach here in Colorado Springs to go out and pass out provision boxes and do some street evangelism. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Keep your eyes on the website, either rmr.live or waymaker.rmr.live for all information about the latest Redemption Squad outreach. And finally, guys, if you're in the Colorado Springs area or even in the Colorado state, um, let's talk shoes for a second. Valentine Comfort Shoes, um, our friends Sean and Amy, uh, members of Radiant Church, veteran-owned business, um, Mighty Mighty Prayer Warriors, So if you're in the market for, you know, adjusting your back, making your hips feel a little better, uh, making your feet feel better, Sean has all the training and certifications necessary to help you walk a better walk. And if you're in the neighborhood and just feel like you need some prayer, pop in and they would be more than happy to pray for you. Um, All the links and all the information for all of our commercials are going to be down below in the description. So check those guys out and support them. And Ethan, back to you.
1: Okay, so um, let's get into today's show. So, like the title says, we're going to be talking about Lily's testimony um, since she is going to be our newest. She's our new co-host to the Waymaker Ministries podcast show.
2: I'm sorry, I'm having some technical difficulties <laughs> over here. <laughs> I'm just sitting here and all of a sudden, I am glued to my ceiling. I think I'm on the ground again, though. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes,
3: that uh, was full not full screen, screen Now
2: She's <laughs> like, full screen.
0: It's like Lily was joining us from the International <laughs> Space Station. She's just floating around over there. Oh, mm. I love it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, gotta love Zoom. It's a lot of fun. Anyways, I did not mean to interrupt you.
1: (laughs) Okay, so Lily has some has an amazing testimony and has some scriptures to go with that. So, Lily, I have a question for you. How did you come to Christ? Well, Ethan, that's quite a long story. It
2: all begins really when I was born, but better so a little bit after that. (laughs) So my story begins, especially with my upbringing. Like most people, I was raised in the Bible Belt. I'm from Lexington, Kentucky, and I've lived in a few small towns around that area. I don't know if you've already picked up on the accent yet, Um, but I am from the Bible Belt. And something interesting about that area is that you really can't turn around without seeing a church, but it also just feels spiritually dead. You know, you can stand on a street corner and see four churches all around you and you feel absolutely nothing. It's really quite a devastating feeling, but um, I was baptized when I was seven years old. I was especially inspired to do that after hearing a church message about hell. Um, It was very fear-based and not all salvation and grace-based. So i had heard this pastor talk ongoing about fire and condemnation and how, you know, if you aren't saved, then you're ultimately doomed. And I suppose there's some truth in that, but, you know, Romans 2 says, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, not the fear of hell that brings us running to his arms. So um, I grew up and I kind of still remain in that fear-based Christianity. And if I'm completely honest, I don't think I was a Christian at all because I didn't really see God as someone worthy of my belief. You know, after all I had heard of him, all this judgment and all of this just fear and tragedy, I didn't really want to believe in him and have faith in him who would? Um, I grew up in Christian private schools, and you have this strict expectation of knowing scriptures and, you know, uh, knowing the Bible, being able to say all these things and cite back all these memory verses, but you don't really have any foundation of faith. You just have this foundation of works, and if anything, then faith is built upon that. But when you have a foundation of works that is simply bound to crumble and then faith with it will crumble as well. So when I was nine, my parents sent me to a church camp and I had a very off feeling about it. I really did. It was an interesting camp where we had a very rough schedule. You know, at most you would sleep about six hours a night and, um, you weren't allowed to go inside. It was in the summertime, and if there's anyone from Kentucky or the South listening, then you know summertime is rough. It is about 100 degrees there throughout the day, and humidity is intense, and we weren't allowed to go inside very much at all for bathrooms, Um, but that was strictly monitored. Uh, We were not fed very much, and everybody was feeling so weak And then at the end of the day, they would teach this very pathos-led emotional message about Christ and fear of hell and how uh, he's chosen some of his people. And it seemed as though, well, if you're not chosen, then that's it. And there's nothing you can do. So I'm saying in that audience, nine years old, I'm listening to this pastor preach this message and I'm sitting there thinking, well, if God chooses people, then surely he would never choose me. He would never choose me. I thought at nine years old that he created me just as a vessel for his wrath, just as a vessel to execute his anger upon, whereas other people, they would be shown mercy and love and favor. But that was a... um deceptive reality that I faced at a very young age. Um, I saw different tactics practiced in that church camp, extreme emotionalism and manipulation just on small children. And I thought that if God is like his people, then he must be a fraud. Whereas that's really just not true because you see, One of my favorite verses, I'll read it for you, of course. I'm coming from the NASB. (laughs) Yep, I'm coming from the NASB translation. Uh, That's what New American Standard Bible, I believe this was. Yep. Okay. (laughs) It says, God is not a man that he should lie, not a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do or has he spoken and will he not make it good? So he is really not even like his own people. He's just far greater than us. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Thank God for that.
0: (laughs) Yes, thank God for that. Yes. (laughs) Definitely. Yes. Well, if I I can interrupt you really quick there, I was listening to the first part of your testimony and and it just struck me that the experience you had when you were younger and just kind of accepting God and not really having any kind of relationship with him sounds a lot like and I'm probably going to get hate for this, but that's okay. It sounds a lot like of a majority of Christians today where they made the decision, um, to accept Christ for whatever the reason that was, whether it was something, you know, kind of like guilt-based, like what happened with you or, you know, life fell apart and they, they made this decision, but then didn't take the next step, which was actively pursuing that relationship. And so you kind of have that dead, um, that dead relationship there, where you just kind of like, I've checked some boxes, and so because I check these boxes, I'm a Christian and I'm saved and everything's great, um, which is really not the case. So I just wanted to point that out that that kind of stuck out from your testimony, and that um, that portion of your testimony is really kind of sad, actually. Um, that 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 was the condition of things that that kind of moved you towards that instead of a um, loving. Uh, vulnerability or or a choice to to better your life for a, a positive reason. So, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Well, it reminds me of this verse in Romans twelve, verse nine, that it says, "Let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be genuine and sincere." So, if love is those things, then of course faith faith should be those things as well. Right. Like now that simply. Uh, it did not lead me to God at all. If anything, it led me away from Him, you know? And it's funny because, like, I did grow up in the church. I wasn't a pastor's kid. Like, I grew up around all of this culture, and none of it really brought me anywhere closer to God. If anything, it grew a hatred of Him within me. And I guess it just, it had that effect on me. And some people can thrive in any church environment. Um, But to thrive anywhere, you have to have God with you and know he's with you, really. um, The story continues. I continue going to all these private Christian schools, and they shove the same message down your throat. They uh, talk so much about hell and condemnation, and it was just so sickening. I hated school so much just because of Bible class, (laughs) I was really ashamed of myself and, you know, by the age of 11, I had like every symptom of depression and anxiety because I was just so fearful of what the end of my life would look like and what Judgment Day would look like. I, you know, I was baptized, but I did not think that God was going to accept me. I did not think he had chosen me. I didn't know how I could be a chosen one, you know. Um, but really, it's as simple as whoever believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, they will be saved. I just wish somebody had told me that simple, fundamental verse you know, it's one of those pure milk doctrine verses, very basics of your faith, right? Something that right. the blue bees and Christianity drink, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. I remember a month before I became a Christian when I was 13. Now there is this boldness kind of stirring inside of me, but it wasn't really for God just yet. And I'm at school and uh, there's a preacher there and he's introduced as one of the greatest theologians in the state. And he gives this message and uh, you can tell he's trying to use larger words and this grand old vocabulary to sort of, confuse us a little bit and just kind of make us believe what he's saying without actually questioning his intellect. Um, issue is I don't do that. I will question anything <laughs> um, no matter the credibility. Um, so at the end of his message, I just asked him why Christianity? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, why Christianity and not Buddhism and uh, Islamic religion and Hinduism? Why not any of these other hundreds and hundreds of religions? Why, what makes Christianity special? And he said, well, we have history and we have all these artifacts to testify what we believe. And I said, every religion has that. Literally every religion has that. And it really proves nothing because you can drag your mind behind you and go wherever you want to with it. (laughs) Um, And he said, well, we walk by faith and not by sight. And I said, any religion could say that. That doesn't say anything about what your faith is in. And he said, well, I see that your question is a bit confusing. So I think we're just going to move on. Wow. I was 13, and this is apparently the greatest theologian in our state. (laughs) And wow. I just, you cannot answer like that. You have to have a real answer. Like, looking back, if he had just said, We have the infallible word of the Bible, we have the real truth, we have miracles today that happen. No other God has these miracles. We have testimonies today that happened instead of saying that miracles only happened in the apostles time or the old testament times they don't happen anymore If only that man has said we still have signs and wonders done by our god who was and is and is to come maybe that would have changed something but he didn't say that so a month later is march 2020 and i'm 13 years old and I don't know why that triggered such a response in me, but after that day, the depression that I had been struggling with for a couple of years got severely worse and I did not feel like I could come out of it. And I thought, you know, given what I'd seen in the past parts of my life, you know, if I'm just damned to hell, if I'm not chosen, then what is the point of living if the results is going to be the same? Now, we're 50 years from now, we're 100. So I prayed to God my first prayer, my first real prayer. And it's not one of those Sunday school church prayers, like, thank you, Jesus, for this day. No, it was not at all like that. It was in my bed, and I have been crying for a few hours, I was so exhausted, but at the same time, I was also very restless. I could not sleep. There is no place to rest my head, really. And I tell God, Lord, I don't even care where you sent me anymore. I'm not even going to fight to get to your kingdom because you will not accept me. Just do not wake me up here tomorrow. Whether I wake up in hell or heaven, I don't want to be here. And that is really where I was at. I meant every word when it was said. Now, school had been a large place of this misery for a while for me. Um, But just a few hours later, about six hours later, I wake up, much to my disappointment. I go to school the next day and it's March 12th, 2020. Um, And everything is shut down. That is when quarantine happens. That is when we start having school online. And of course, I did not think that was about me. That would be irrational. But I did think that given the timing of that, how perfect it seemed, that maybe God had heard me even just a little bit for once. So I decided to use that time in quarantine to read the Bible for myself and Much to my surprise, I saw two women's names in the table of contents. Now, another thing that's spoken a lot in the Bible Belt is um, women can't teach. And women aren't with the main purpose of women really is to support men and to help men to reach their full purpose. But in themselves, uh, they don't really have much meaning to their lives, you know, and all of their life is really dependent on a man. So seeing Esther and Ruth have their own books in the Bible really intrigued me. Of course, I read Esther first, and I started feeling the Holy Spirit work in my heart. Now, I'll bring up this word. It's one of my favorite Greek words, it's charis, and it means divine influence upon the heart. I started feeling God's charis. You see that word, used hundreds of times, especially in the New Testament. Um, You see it used as mercy, favor, grace. And that word is care, is divine influence upon the heart. So I start to feel that working on my spirit. I read Esther and then I read Ruth. I see the ordinary story of Ruth. You know, she was a widow. She was young. She had nowhere to go she was loyal to one person who was loyal to one god and then she found god himself and after that i read matthew and i was just devouring this scripture so i read those two books in the matter of a couple of days and then i read matthew and i get midway through matthew by um about 5 days after i started reading the bible and within a week I'm praying, God, I'm sorry, I never knew you. I only knew your people. I only knew your church. I only knew all these things they said about you. And I guess I only knew people who do not actually know you. I wish I had always known you because then I would have known that you are true and you are loving and you are accepting me. It reminds me of another verse, Jeremiah 10 6. It's really rather simple. And I'll read it for you guys. There is none like thee, O Lord. Thou art great, and great is thy name and might. And I needed to pray that. That was my salvation prayer. That is when, That was the moment when I accepted Christ into my heart. I remember. What I used to do was to get away from everything, to get away from the house and my family and my phone and friends. I would go out to the garage and I would sit in my mother's car in the passenger seat with my Bible and nobody else but me and God just for him to move because I was going to give this Bible thing a real shot. (laughs) I was going to give it a real go and I wasn't going to let anything mess it up, you know, if this was actually real. I was going to see it right now, and if not, then I'll just move on. But I was sitting there in the passenger seat and my mom's 2015 Subaru out back, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. I'm so stunned. I am bawling my eyes out. There was nothing really that was said in Matthew specifically um, that made me Say that that is everything. It is all of Christ's words, especially the Sermon on the Mount. Though I I do remember that one standing out to me. I was reading his parables, and for some reason I understood them. These intense metaphors. I was baptized in the spirit of the word immediately, and that brings you to the end of my first testimony.
0: Ooh, there's more. There's a part two. That's exciting. There's a part
1: two
2: (laughs) of (laughs) yours.
0: All right. Um, you know, I, um, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I knew that there's different views in churches. There were different views, you know, as far as how women and men were looked at and, and all these things. And, you know, I just had some limited experience with some of that, uh, Southern Baptist charm um you know Oh it is it,
2: charming.
0: It is charming. A few years ago um you know with the the viewpoint that um I had a heart for service, you know, 6 7 years ago and uh I was going to this church and they wouldn't let me serve cuz I'd been divorced, you know, and it's like so because I, would you know, had life happen and things i didn't plan on and things i didn't want because that had happened in my life then i can't serve god like that's kind of a weird thing um and so you know and i hear you reiterating similar sentiments about you know those beliefs it's it's just astonishing to me that you know we we all say that we believe that the bible's real and what's in there's real but the fact that different denominations can have different takeaways from the same scripture that we're all looking at, you know, that say, that say we can't have women preachers and we can't have this. And, you know, women should do this and men should only do this. And like, you know, at the end of the day, I think that whole religious aspect is a little skewed in the fact that, um, there shouldn't be all these labels. If we're all chasing after Jesus, then we're all chasing after Jesus, you know? Um,
2: like what happened to there's neither slave nor free or male nor female like what happened to that nor jew or gentile what happened to that right (laughs) yeah it reminds me of this oh gosh what verse is that Galatians five something (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh i'll look it up later for you guys (laughs) Um, (laughs) anyways well should i continue Yes, please. Oh. <laughs> well, the story continues. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. So <laughs> I just, this fire starts building. I am being more and more set free from all these labels and curses people have placed on me and I have placed on myself. You know, people can say a lot of things to us, but we also accept those things. And it's when we accept those things that we get hurt but now i still hear some of the same things i always have but i don't accept them so i'm not hurt by them it's not that i'm invincible but i know god's truth and i'm confident in it so story goes on and i'm building in that confidence it just keeps on growing and i finally say in july lord i want to see what you see which I did not realize what I was asking. <laughs> Lord, I wanna see what you see. I wanna see the spiritual realm as real as the physical realm and this world around me. Show me what you see, God. I'm expecting to see heaven and angels and even Christ. And instead I see this vision of hell. I see the tormented souls. And I see all of this torture and I'm completely horrified. Um, So I'm just trembling. I I see demons and I see a manifestation of Satan. And I'm so completely haunted by these visions that I don't know what to do to myself. And it was when I was in the car having a Bible study, I come inside and I'm trembling and I fall over and my mother catches me. I remember she's like asking me what I see, what I see and my dad is terrified and i i cannot speak like i am muttering and trying so hard to vocalize what i just saw and i can't i can't it is the it is worse than any horror movie any man has ever made i cannot even explain it and as a very uh, sensitive and empathetic person it hurt me all the more of course that this would hurt anyone You don't have to be a Stoic to, um, you don't have to be, or you don't have to be an empath to see this. You could be a Stoic and it will rattle you. It would rattle anyone.
0: I would think so. That sounds insane.
2: Yeah. And I was only 13, you know, this was a couple months after I became a Christian. By now I'm reading like the gospel of Mark. I was going through all the gospels or maybe Luke even, (laughs) um, Oh, wait, no, I definitely would have been in Sean by now. Yeah, I I went fast. Um, (laughs) um, I go to bed about a week after those visions. And um, I'm praying, God, like, please, please, please. I kind of have like, I'm kind of praying like a child's prayer. Like, please don't let anything get me while I'm sleeping. Like, I'm just so scared. I'm going to sleep with all the lights turned on. I don't want any darkness around me whatsoever. And, you know, I have trouble sleeping. Um, I'm still kind of troubled in talking. And like my hands started shaking again. Uh, The anxiety was starting to creep back in. And I lay down with all the lights turned on, going to sleep. And all of a sudden, I am not in my body anymore. I am in heaven. And I stand there, and I look down, and I'm dressed in white. I don't know how my clothes had changed, but I'm dressed in white. I see these rose-colored skies, and I see the gates and the 12 foundations in the background. I see the flaming wings of the seraphim described in Isaiah 6. And coal was pressed on my mouth. Coal was pressed on my mouth and took away my iniquity and my guilt. I'll go on and read that for you guys really quick. Let's see. I wasn't planning to, but pretty much Isaiah stands before the Lord. And he sees the seraphim crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And he says, Woe is me, for I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. But my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphim flew to him with burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongues, touched his mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. This has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. So in that moment, my... My hands stopped shaking and my heartbeat was still. And I see Christ dancing to the seraphim song. Seraphim are ministers of worship. And they sing these words, blessing the Lord, all the time of heaven, which is a timeless place. So it's just always constantly in heaven. I see Christ. He is dancing. He is swaying and, and spinning. His skin is bronze. His hair is dark, I see the scars in his hands, I see his eyes. He has these bold, brilliant green eyes, really, truly ethereal. And um, I think that on earth, considering he was Middle Eastern, he likely would have had dark eyes like mine. (laughs) But um, Post-resurrection, his eyes changed to green. And I'll tell you why I think that, because green, that color symbolizes new life. So post-resurrection, given his new life, his eyes turn green to have that new life in his irises. I see him and I stand there and I I don't move. I just, I don't, I'm kind of in that place where I'm so reverent and very meek. I don't want to uh, cause any commotion I can't run over there and interrupt him dancing and his his praise being poured upon him. So I just stand there and watch, and I take everything in. And looking back, I'm so glad I did. But now if I was there, I'd probably start dancing with him. <laughs> um, so that alludes to this apostleship testimony that I had. And that was also when I was 13. Um, my birthday is in September. That is July of 2020. Um, by the time I turned 14, though, let me tell you guys when I became a Christian, um, God did so much in my life that He healed me from everything. He really did take everything. I kind of deconstructed what I learned to build a new. And he saved me from my depression and my anxiety. One thing, though, he did not heal because I did not let him was my insecurity. Now, what I tell people now is that you have to let God heal you of everything. Because if you don't, it will be like an open wound. And you have to cover those open wounds. You have to let them heal or else infection, like, If you have an open wound here in your hand, infection and even death itself could creep back into your skin and it could infect your entire body and make you very sick. Even though it's just a small cut, even though it's just a little place, you have to be healed entirely, wholly. But I had that open wound of insecurity and I just did not know how to let go of it. I really didn't. So God healed me, but I swear of broke myself all over again. Now, at 14, my life was very complicated. Um, I, w- we were trying to move. We were trying to move from Kentucky to Colorado, and it was very stressful, as you can imagine. Um, any family tension that was already going on just worsened, and any um, relationships and school stress just worsened you know it is so much going on but in February of 2021 so I'm 14 now um what happens is I decide to cut back on what I'm eating and you know it's just like I probably was already eating a little bit less than what I should have but I decided to cut that back even more and that week My dad has a heart attack, a severe heart attack. The artery, that's called the widow maker, because if it's clogged, then it could make a loving spouse a widow. That's the medical term for it. It's just devastating, really. And he has to have a triple bypass. Now, at this time, my dad and I weren't very close. And I was very confused in my feelings because I didn't know what to do and i it put this urgency in me. Like I want to know him and get close to him, but I didn't know how. And we hadn't been close all of my life. Um, And then situations get even worse. A month, a month and a half later, my grandmother and my father's mother, she gets diagnosed with cancer. She starts acting weird. And my father, even though he's not supposed to drive yet after his surgery, has to drive her to the hospital she has six brain tumors.
3: Oh and wow. It's wow. just
2: so devastating. It took us all by surprise because this woman was strong-willed and fierce and all of a sudden her health is just completely giving out to her. You know, she seemed like one of those people that would just live forever. You know, I honestly thought she may would just outlive me. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was so surprising. And in this time, you know, my father's in the hospital and then my grandmother has cancer and he moves in to with her to recover from his heart attack while we we're trying to move and then to take care of her. So she went from taking care of him to him taking care of her very quickly. Wow. And wow. my mother is out trying to take care of things, trying to find a house in Colorado and um, also go to hospitals and visit them and I'm kind of at the house working on packing as much as I can and I just could not have felt more alone I I did not have many friends at all to be completely honest I had one friend um really and um the depression was seeping back in so I felt so unmotivated to connect with anyone like there's such a desolation and isolation that takes place in your mind. And it's not even always in the form of like, no one wants to hang out with me. Sometimes it's just in the form of, I don't feel like I have the strength to reach out to anyone and no one is noticing that I'm down and out. And that's really what's going on with me, but also with not many people around and without that human connection people, there's no one to notice that I has taken back more of my food portions. And that was dwindling more and more. And we finally put our house on the market. Um, Let's see, it was June 4th, 2021. And it sold within 24 hours. The issue was, we didn't have a house in Colorado. Which is a little problematic.
0: <laughs> Just a little. I mean, come Just on. Little. Just a little.
2: A little smidge. <laughs> A smidge.
0: Yep. A skosh. Yeah. <laughs> Oops.
2: Um, where are you going? I don't know. I'm a pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> um, we don't have a house in Colorado. And with all the medical bills, we could not really afford And time-wise and financially-wise to come out here. Um, It was just all of this attack so quickly, so fiercely. Um, So we have to be out of the house. Oh gosh, it is July 20th. We had about 45 days. So we still didn't have a house then. We could not find a place. Oh, wow. It was, the market out here was so crazy. Houses would sell in under an hour and they would sell for over a $100,000 over asking price. We could not do that. Holy um, cow. It was rough. That's intense. So, yeah. yeah. And we have to move into a hotel. And we remain in that hotel for about three and a half months. Well, actually, it wasn't just one hotel. It was. It was mainly one. But we moved rooms, and we did move around quite a bit. So it was actually nine hotels in 12 different rooms, mainly this one, which was an inn. Um, there's an old house renovated. Um, not really renovated, though. Like, <laughs> it was very dysfunctional and rather hard to deal with. I feel like I could do decently off the grid, but, like, then there's my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that just was not very fun. (laughs) Right. Um, but, you know, it was a place we could afford because we did know the owners of that place and they gave us a significant discount. So, or else living in a hotel for nearly four months could get very expensive. (laughs) Um, we... We stay in one hotel in my old hometown and then we go back to my mother's hometown and that's where the inn was. And my mother is still working fiercely to try to find a house for us. And my dad is still taking care of my grandmother who is slowly dying away. And um, no one's noticing really what's going on with me. And I, Don't blame them. We had so much going on, but my depression had gone so out of control, and I completely dropped reading the Bible, and I had prayed a long, long time. I did have a large following on Instagram called an account called Lily's Bible Studies, and I quit posting on there, and people would try to reach out to me through that, strangers, but not friends. And I did not feel the strength to respond to anyone. I just isolated myself, and I really did cut everybody out.
0: That's one of the the byproducts of depression. And I, and I want to ask you know, when you were around people that um, you knew, did you put on a, a different face? Um, you kind of kind of faked it while everybody was around.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like it was. It was really easy because there wasn't too many people around. And at the time, I was doing school online because that's what you had to do in a hotel. Like, I started high school sitting on the floor of an inn. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Um, like, there wasn't very many people to check in on me. But whenever that did happen, um, yeah, it was really easy to cover up, even for just an hour. Nobody knows, right? I know what's going on in your head, it's really scary. So that's yeah. why, whenever I ask how you're doing, I don't expect you to say fine. Like, I expect a few paragraphs. Tell me, <laughs> tell me for real, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> right? <are> you doing? <laughs> well, and, and, and Ethan, if you'll allow me, since, since I'm thinking about it here, um. You know, we did an episode a while back on Rocky Mountain Revival Radio about mental health and suicide. Um, And I want to make sure that we just kind of plug here since we're talking about that. You know, if you're listening to Lily's testimony and it, it rings with you and and you feel you don't have people to talk to, or you're alone. um, Definitely reach out to one of the shows, to one of us. Um, I'm updating the websites currently to make sure that Lily's added into Waymaker. So you can contact her as well. If you need to reach out to someone for prayer to talk to, we'd love to do that with you guys. Um, You're not alone. I'm also going to make sure that the links um, and contact information, Information for some of the mental health resources we put up on that Rocky Mountain Revival Radio Show episode, um, I'll put those down below this uh, this one as well, just so that you've got that information. Because again, um, I can tell you, having been there, done that, where Lily was at, it's a, it's a true statement, and I and I know how serious and um, mental health can be, and that feeling of alone um, and that nobody's there to care about you, that like you, um, you're just kind of getting by like you don't even have enough energy to get by most days yeah the struggle is real and so um i just want to make sure that that we let everybody know that a you're not alone you know god's always with you and and b that you know if you need someone to talk to please reach out to to one of the shows one of the hosts um we'd be more than happy to partner with you in prayer talk with you whatever um but again i'll also make sure those links are down below because again um we we care about you, even if if nobody else in your life seems to think that you think you think that nobody else in your life is is caring about you. We definitely do. Um, we don't want to see anything bad happen if you're struggling with any kind of mental health issues. So please, please speak up. And that's the one thing that, you know, having been there been there myself, um, that was, that's a hard thing to do is to let people know that you're struggling. And sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger than to talk to, you know, a parent or a sibling or a friend. Um, sometimes it's easier just to unload to a stranger. And so, um, while we hope that you're not strangers to the show, um, you know, we definitely don't know all of our listeners in person. So we just want to make sure that you you're, 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 realizing that you're not alone that there are people out there that do care and that they will listen so anyway go ahead lily sorry wait
2: no please please (laughs) i will put my personal phone number in the links like i swear i want you guys to reach out i want you guys to open up please 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 talk to someone i really wish i had been listening to this podcast a couple years ago honestly i probably would have reached out i probably would have felt better a little less alone. Um, even just a little bit is really what I needed, and, and then that could have made the ground for more and more comfort and company. But uh, I'll say prior to this and in the midst of this happening, God was giving me intense dreams and visions of what he had planned for me. He showed me how I would write and worship him, how I would be a wife. He showed me my husband And he called him David and said he was a man after God's own heart. And he showed me my church. He showed me what I would do. And he had given me this underlying hope throughout everything. But, you know, in September 2021, I really did just give up. I really felt like I was living this partial life and always either felt like a ghost, like something wandering around the world passively or like an empty shell of a body with no heart. And there was just no in between. I did not feel whole. The eating disorder got out of control. Um, I did not know it, but I had every symptom of anorexia. Mm-hmm. My body just stopped rejecting food and it was really scary. I, I kind of gagged when I ate, I could not, I couldn't do it. Finally, I collapsed and I couldn't even walk. I could not stand. And that is one of the symptoms where your bowels just kind of weaken and give out and can't support the body. They're a part of, I lied to my family about what was going on because I will say prior to this, um, though I wasn't eating, I was exercising so much walking a few miles a day, you know, five to six a day, even though I wasn't really eating. So I told my family that I had shin splints and that's why I couldn't walk. And that was easy to believe because I walked a whole lot. <laughs> but, um, I accepted help from no one when I needed it the very most. And that's what so many people do, you know, it's like, there's a hand reaching down to us, and we can't even reach up to grab it, or maybe we don't have the voice to call out for help, or even to think of a helpful prayer to God. September third, ten days before my fifteenth birthday, I set a knife out on the table. or actually no, no, a knife, I didn't set a knife out on the table. this This was strange. So we're still in the hotels. Um, my dad is still living with m- his mother, trying to take care of her. And I had gone home and my mother wasn't home or in the hotel. That's why I'm calling home for now. Um, the place in which we are staying. And I noticed, I noticed this large butcher's knife we had taken from our old house it was set out on a card table set up in the corner of the room. And it that was strange because we hadn't used it. We didn't just set it out like that. You know, it wasn't a drawer in the room, not on the card table laid out like that. So I walk over it and I have been struggling with intrusive and suicidal thoughts for a while now. I see that knife. And I just think this is it. You know, um, it was going to be the last thing I did. I was going to pray. I was going to pray my last prayer. Air course, everyone's last. Uh, clearly, that wasn't my last. <laughs> but, you know, God just given me all that hope, all those dreams and all those visions. I thought like I had a really good future. He never showed me this moment, though. He never showed me on the way to that future. So I am mad at God. I am very mad at God. So much as to curse him. And I literally called him a damn liar. And I just, I was sobbing. I was trembling. I could not pull myself together. I wasn't one to cuss, but I did in that prayer. But even with those nasty things I said that I've repented from, even with all of that filth that was dripping from my lips. Isaiah 65 verse 24 says this, It will also come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are speaking, I will hear. God still heard me, even while I was cursing him. He was still with me. Even though if he was there tangibly, I would have been being upon his chest saying, why did you do this to me? How could you have left me? I move forward and advance towards the knife. And, you know, it's as close to me as this bone is close to me. And it's just sitting there. And I reached down towards it when all of a sudden these arms wrap around my waist. Now, this is strange because I had stolen my mom's room key to the hotel so she could not get in I locked the door. And I felt these arms wrap around my waist, even though I was completely alone. I was going to take that knife to the hotel bathroom so I wouldn't get blood on the carpet. I was serious. I wasn't going to leave a note behind because I had no closure to offer to myself, much less anyone else. But I feel these arms wrap around my waist and they pull me back and I am so weak right now because I still couldn't eat. And I fall, I fall and the ground shakes with me. And I hear joy comes in the morning, joy still comes in the morning. Just wait until tomorrow morning. And I look up and I see Gabriel the angel And he pulled me back and I tried to get up and I tried to fight this. I try to reach out towards that knife again, but something stops my hand. It doesn't go through this like tangible physical wall is there stopping me, hindering me from taking my own life that isn't mine to take. And I am pulled back again. And at this point, I don't even get up. I crawl to bed and I lay down. And I wake up in the morning and I'm reminded of Psalms 30, verse 5. And it says, For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night or even for many nights, but a shout of joy. This will come in the morning. This came in the morning. The next morning, I can walk with ease. I can eat without this paralyzing guilt, rejecting food, and my body can accept food too. But still, I had many idols in my life. I had things that had come with this eating disorder and with this depression, things that was anything but God I would take comfort in. Now I'll read to you Psalm 62 verse 1. It says, my soul waits in silence for God only. From him only is my salvation. I was searching for anything but him. I wanted anything but him. Still, it wasn't my idols I was willing to give up. Even though my idols never saved me, idols demand our blood and our life, whereas my God, Jesus Christ, he died for me and gave his blood and his life for me. But I was willing to give my blood and my life to something else. And over time, God showed me this gracious conviction of how large and grand he is. He shows me these prophetic visions that reveal the consequences of what I was doing so that maybe I wouldn't see these consequences unfold in my life. So in February, early February of this year, 2022, Oh, I should go back, though. I will say we moved. (laughs) I forgot to mention this. I will say we stayed in those hotels for a little over three months. We moved out of them into this current house I'm staying in November 5th. So we are here now. When I start seeing these prophetic visions, it is in this house, in that bed right over there. (laughs) So some real moment's here for you. All All right. Anyways, through these prophetic visions, he shows me the consequences of what I was doing so that maybe I want to see these consequences unfold in my actual life. The first vision I had was in February, uh, early February 2022 last year. And I see the skeletal hand with a cigarette. Now I wasn't smoking, but this was a metaphor for something deeper. I see the skeletal hand with a cigarette and it goes over the this pair of lungs. And the center part of the lungs where they connect it, bud the ash into the lungs. And then the lungs immediately withered and they turned black. They shriveled up, so dead fully. But then this hand of light intercepted. It stole the cigarette from The skeletal hand, even though the tip of the cigarette bud burnt this hand of light, the skeletal hand disconnected bone by bone. And the moment it did, life was restored to the pair of lungs. Now, I saw that and I didn't know what it meant, but God gave me an interpretation of it. It was showing that the things I was immersing myself in, the things I was breathing in and filling myself up with, was killing me. And I was letting myself, breathe in this death. And I tried to draw the first part of the vision. I can't. I wish I could draw the second part, but it was just so intense. I don't know if I could capture such a light. But maybe someday I'll try it again. But this was what the first part looked like. So you can see the skeletal hand, cigarette, and the lungs before they turn off. Oh, wow. And he had called me to draw out what I saw. And then in March, I see this pair of butterfly wings, but they're not connected by an abdomen. Instead, they're disjointed and divided from each other. When there's this bandage laying on the ground and they each go to one side of the bandage and then they start to fly together. And it's not this normal abdomen that holds them together, but it's this new piece of healing that brings it together. So I tried to draw that too. And it's not that great, but you can see the wings, the bandage in the center. And that is why I saw. And God told me that he was going to bring together the pieces of my life. Even though they were disjointed and flying in different directions from each other, he's going to bring it back together with this piece of his healing. And then I see him open up my heart and I see this metamorphosis. I see flowers bloom cascading out of this heart and I see butterflies come to it. It's like this heart face. See the fireflies come as you can see flowers. Let's see flowers over there. I don't know how meteorologists do that with that map. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling over here. But like, as you can see, like flowers in the heart open I saw this metamorphosis and then in April came one of the greatest prophetic visions I had seen the greatest I had yet seen and it's still one of my favorites I see this set of bones this skeleton walk into the middle of a small town downtown street you know those classic main streets in every like midwestern small town you know so yeah, those flat, wet three-story buildings, flat front, flat roof. I see the skeleton advance towards the middle of the street and it's dark. And I see it start dancing by itself. But then skin starts to grow over the bones and cover it. And a dress appears over the skin. And it stops and it turns around towards my point of vision. And I see my own face. And I hear God say, I am restoring your joy from barren bones to life and life abundantly.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: And throughout this time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gradually coming back to him, you know, it's not full yet. Um, my perspective on different things is changing. I am just going to be honest with you. I really struggled with lust lustful thoughts. It affected the way I saw people around me and the way I saw myself, the way I wanted them to see me. I'm still struggling with old traumas because though God healed my body of that eating disorder, my mind needed to be healed from it too. Um, I had dressed very poorly and I was listening to even poorer music and it was what my mind dwelled upon. Um, and then in May, May comes along. So you'll notice that I'm having one of these visions a month. And I believe that God did that to just sort of ease me back into him and to bring me back slowly. If he had just come all at once and poured himself over me, I would have been overwhelmed and run away all over again. I know I would have, but he was slow. He was patient with me. In May, I am reading this prophetic book that my dad had sent to me. And um, I'm reading this book because I had opened up to him about all these prophetic visions and he had become my very best friend in this time. He's kind of the only one that knows and understands what's going on. So he sends me this prophetic book and he's saying, Lily, you are a prophet and I don't really know what that means. So I'm reading this, but it's it's interesting. At the same time, I was listening to just foul and vulgar music, and I'm reading this piece of God's work, God's heart, but listening to the prince of the world, the prince of darkness in my head, and it was the strangest feeling. Part of me felt disgusted, and part of me felt like I need to keep reading. You know, it's my flesh and my spirit going back and forth and arguing with each other. And finally, as I'm sitting there reading, it's late at night, May 3rd, 2022. Um, I hear God say, this is the type of thing they dance to, you know. And I said, who dances to this music for And I look up and I see a demon dancing rhythmically to the music I was listening to. It was one of the worst songs in my playlist. It was really just sick. Uh, Very morbid, really. It didn't even have a single bad word in it. It didn't explicitly talk about sex, but it was very morbid and condemning. And that is the music that does the worst things for us. I'll say that. And I liked it because I thought I could relate to it. I thought it kind of met me where I was at. You know, I felt sad, so listen to sad things. That does not help whatsoever, though. If anything, it makes everything worse. Because just as iron sharpens iron for good things, the same thing happens with bad things. You know, if dark figures immerse themselves in darkness, they're only going to get darker. So I see this demon dancing to what I'm listening to. And I just about throw my phone across the room, completely horrified, like, okay, Lord, I am back now. I am back and I'm not going anywhere. May 4th, I came back to God. And that day I went to a worship service put on by our church. And as someone who was always in the back row, I ran down to the altar and I burst into tears. I fell down at my knees and I just couldn't stop saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. May 10th, I made my prayer closet. I had all this junk stored up in my closet and I cleaned it out. I took everything out and made it empty. I put my Bible and a couple journals and some pens in there. And I started to sit in there for hours and hours and that also reminds me of another verse is Matthew 6, verse 6. I think I have it here. Let me see. Yeah. Okay. I got it for you guys. Yay. <laughs> oh, gosh. It says, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So it wasn't this big facade. It was just me and God. It was just me and God. And ever since then, I have, I'm still always this work in progress, you know. But I knew what faith was. And I knew also what wasn't. And I decided to embark on this life path of what faith is. I decided to let it come into me. That God come into me more fully and clear out anything that you wanted to. I stopped listening to that music. I stopped wearing those clothes. I stopped um, thinking those thoughts. And instead I thought of him. And that uh, is my story.
0: Wow. That's incredible. Um, You know, it's, knowing you the way i do and and the things that we've talked about and shared over the last uh almost year um it's it's interesting to see in your testimony how you you your starting point to the person you are now because you definitely don't resemble that earlier version at all um you are you are very in tune with with god and what he's doing and what he's saying and and not afraid to just get down in front and to jump up and down and to worship and to scream and to and to just give everything to praise and it's 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 been actually um an honor and a privilege to actually be a part of watching uh this journey and to kind of be there with you in this last little bit um as you've just grown exponentially and 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 i can say for sure this is a very very powerful testimony
2: thank you yeah i can tell you guys i can (laughs) testify to this um you know if i'm down in front worshiping somewhere Heath, Ethan, Michael, the, all these Rocky Mommy Bible Radio show people they are right there too they are in the front giving their all screaming and praising and dancing unto the Lord and it's just a lovely thing to be a part of your guys' family
0: same, 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 same definitely
1: okay so any final thoughts from either of you guys?
0: Uh, again, I think this has just been a really powerful episode and, and just hearing Lily's story. I mean, I know I've known bits and pieces all along, but to have like the whole thing together in one setting, um, so, you know, some things make sense and, and definitely, you know, for those that can relate again, I want to reiterate that, that those of us at Rocky Mountain Revival Radio and Waymaker Ministries are here. Uh, you know, we do care about you. So if you need prayer, you need someone to talk to, please reach out. Um, you know, you can contact Ethan through this show just because I know those off the top of my head. Um, that is host.ethan at waymaker.rmrr.live. And you can contact Lily at host.lily at waymaker.rmrr.live. And of course, if you choose to do so, you can reach out to me at host.heath at rmrr.live. Um, and again, the waymaker ministries prayer email i'm just going to do it because i'm shooting off email addresses uh (laughs) it is prayer at live. so again guys please um reach out to us in some form you know use the contact forms on the websites um those links to the resources will be down below because we don't want anybody feeling uh alone and left out yeah
1: yeah uh uh, we definitely don't want anyone to feel like they're, they're not, they're alone or they're not cared about. So, right. so if you, if, if you need some help or you want some prayer, please reach out to us because we'd love to partner with you um, or even pray for you. Um, and yeah
0: you know and and some of those those thoughts in your head guys are coming from uh the enemy those are lies that he's telling you because remember the bible says that the satan's job is to kill steal and destroy and so anything he can do to sidetrack you to keep you from plugging in to pressing in with god and to seeking him out, if he can distract you, if he can sidetrack you, um, you know, get you buried in some sin or some negative thinking, or, you know, even get you doubting your existence and th- the fact that you want to kill yourself, you know, then he's doing his job. And so it's our job to combat that with, you know, prayer, with praise, with worship, you know, being intentional in the scripture, um, you know, and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, just, just remember that, those are lies from the enemy. that's that's not who you are. You are perfectly and wonderfully made. Um God had intention when He made you, and he knew you before he knit you together in your mother's womb. And so you're here for a reason. If you took a breath today when you woke up, then guess what? God has a plan for you, and that means your plan is not done because when you are done, when he's finally finished using you, then it's your time to go home. Um, and that will be his choice, not ours. All right, off my soapbox.
1: Uh, yes, really quickly, I would like to read Genesis, uh, 50, 20, 20. Uh, and it reads, uh, you intend to harm me, but God intended it for good, uh, for good to, to establish what is now being done, the saving of many lives, is what Genesis reads. Um, okay, so, um, Lily, any more final thoughts?
2: Well, I'm just thinking about, you know, Joseph's story. God had given him dreams and visions like he gave to me. And he still, he did not see him being falsely accused by power for his wife. He did not see him being in prison for years. He did not see the betrayal by his brother and his family. But he still had those dreams and visions and that hope from long ago. And all of it is brought about. Now a word from God returned pouring, And at the end of his life, he says what Ethan just read. He says Genesis 50, 20, in retrospective to it all. After looking back to it all, everything that is meant for evil, God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result. To preserve many people alive. So that's just my final thoughts. I love that verse.
0: Well, you know, that's a great, it is a great verse. And actually, you know, as you were talking, I was reminded of the fact that, you know, everything that we go through is part of our testimony. You know, the moment that we accept Jesus, our Lord and Savior, it's not said that's going to be easy. You know we're going to face trials we're going to face challenges that's that's in the book we're going to face trials of many kinds and we're to consider it pure joy when that happens um, sometimes it's hard to be joyful when you're going through a crap storm but we're supposed to um but again when you're looking back on things um You know, all of those things are a part of your testimony and make you who you are. And that's why anytime anybody asks, and and I'm only remembering this because somebody asked me this today on the Wisdom app, um, you know, if I could change anything in my life, would I change anything? And the answer is no. Um, you know, now if you'd asked me that probably 10 years ago, I would have said, oh yeah, I changed this and this and this, but knowing what I know now and looking back on my life, I wouldn't change a thing because all these things made me the man that I am today. Um, and have put me in the position where God's using me and working through me to do all kinds of things from the radio show to assisting in healings and, you know, prophetic things and just all kinds of stuff, um, that, you know, I wouldn't be prepared for if I hadn't gone through some of these things. Um, and so God takes you through the trial and takes you through the hardship and the disappointment, all the things to build you up to that different level so that then he can pour more into you. And so um, be thankful for your testimony, guys. Um, that's I guess that's my final thought. Be thankful for the, the stuff. And remember to pray and praise through it. Uh, worship God through the storm.
2: Yeah. So, would you guys like to do a closing prayer, then? Yes. Or, so do you have any more final thoughts?
1: Um, I don't. I don't think I have any final thoughts, but I, I, I really like your testimony because it is it is really powerful, and I think is going to touch a lot of people. Thank you. Um. It, and I just, I think that you're going to be an amazing addition to the show and you're already amazing uh, addition to the RMRR branch um, by doing what you're doing in the ministry moments and what you're doing here now.
2: Thank you so much. As always, I'm just happy to be a part of this. <laughs> I'm happy to know you guys, to have met you all, to get to be a part of your family. You know that.
0: Yeah, same, same can be said. I was telling Ethan before the show, I said, now, now I have to remember when I'm putting the defining the final touches on these ministry moments that it's no longer special guest Lily Phillips. It is now Waymaker co-host Lily Phillips. So, oh,
2: wait, I got a yeah, promotion. You got, you got a
0: promotion.
1: <laughs> you got a promotion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Woohoo. Look at me.
0: Look at you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess who wants to do a closing prayer? Who has
1: the honors?
0: I know, E, it's your show. Where you at?
1: Mm -hmm. I think since it was about Lily's testimony, I think Lily should take us out in closing prayer.
0: I think that's a great idea.
1: I knew you guys were going (laughs) to (laughs) say (laughs) it. All right, I would love
2: to. Oh, gosh, God, thank you so much for this show. And thank you for these people uh, you have connected me with. Thank you so much for them. Thank you for this family. You've made me a part of their family. I'm alone no longer. I'm so glad you kept me around so I could witness the life I'm currently living. Thank you, God. I pray that um, as people are watching this, I pray that you touch their hearts in every way that you know they need. God, you know our needs better than we do. Thank you. Lord, whether it's depression, anxiety, an eating disorder or gluttony, whether it's lust or just impure thoughts or even suicidal thoughts, God, please touch them. Touch them with your joy like you touch me. Touch them with your calmness like you touched me. Touch them with your bread of life. Fill their stomachs by you. Lord, I pray that you purify, sanctify their thoughts. And Lord, give them every reason to live. Show them your life. Your life that is true and beautiful. Just like how you showed it to me. Lord, I thank you for all those listening. I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of every man around the world. God, thank you for your work. And I just pray that if you're working in the hearts of these people, if they're thinking about reaching out to us, I have heard God say that even though you are shy, one of the boldest things you can do just come to me, and you will be accepted. I accept the shy. I accept those who are hesitant. I accept those who are coming to me against all of their flesh. We all come to him against all of our flesh. Lord, I pray that you keep on stirring in the hearts of these listeners, the souls. Beckon them to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. You know, before you before you go through final thoughts, Ethan, um, as you were praying, I just was pressed in again to, to just remind you that if you're listening to this and you're feeling that way, reach out. Um, here's the thing. doesn't matter what you've done in your life. And I mean it legitimately does not matter. You could be dancing for dollars. You could have ran someone over with your car. You could have killed an animal. It does not matter the level of sin you have because... You bring that to God. You talk about that with Him. You ask for forgiveness. He's going to forgive you and separate that from you. As far as the East is from the West. And He can use you for His purposes in your brokenness. Because He doesn't, you know, take us through this work to qualify us first. He actually takes us from a broken point and says, Okay, you are you are this. I need you for this purpose. So He qualifies you in your brokenness. Um, and so... Um, I just want to remind you again, if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling alone, you're feeling, you know, like there's no way that God can use me. There's no way that, you know, you just don't know, Heath, all the things that I've done in my life. Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're loved, you're valued, you're appreciated, you're needed and you know, again, you're, you're loved and that's the most important thing. And so it's okay that you're broken. It's okay that you're hurt. It's okay that you're feeling certain things. Um, reach out, ask for help. And if nothing else, talk to him, uh, take it to God and just say, Hey, you know what? I've made mistakes and I'm broken and I'm scared that, you know, you're going to feel a certain way about me or you're not going to use me. Or you're not going to love me or whatever. And I guarantee you, he's going to give you a different response than what you're expecting. Um, he's going to welcome you with open arms. He's standing there right now next to you with his arms wide open, saying, I'm right here. All I got to do is ask. So ask. Um, and again, if you can't, you don't have the boldness to, to pray to God, then have the boldness to email one of us uh, because we'd love to talk to you. Um, we care about you. So um, there you go. Ethan, back to you.
1: Uh, thank you so much for saying that, Dad. Um, And thank you to all of our listeners and followers uh, for joining us today. And remember, check out waymaker.rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Please like and subscribe to the show's YouTube page. Follow us on Facebook. Podcasts of the show are available on all your favorite podcast providers. Please check out the show's archive page for, on the Waymaker website for a list listing of which podcast providers you can find us on. Follow us on Facebook and the show's site for all the latest updates and information. If you like the shows and the show's content and feel led to donate to us, there are links to do so on the website. All donations go to hosting fees software, equipment, and whatever the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit
0: um, may. Uh, let, let, me, let, me, let me help you while you're start struggling there. Because that, <laughs> that looked painful. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you missed out on that because that looked like that hurt Ethan, like in all <laughs> kinds of ways. Um, it, this this period too, um, since we've partnered with Redemption Squad, um, a vast majority of donations are going to help that ministry. So that's we are directing certain funds there uh, that are coming in just to support Redemption Squad. So wanted to throw that out there too. Okay, so now we've given Ethan a minute to regroup and untangle his face. Um, go ahead.
1: Uh, and remember to get yourself into a good Bible. Wow. A good Bible learning, Bible teaching, and Holy Spirit led church. Plug into groups and discipleship opportunities and serve in any way you can. Thank you guys so much again for joining us and be blessed. Maker Ministries, have a blessed day.